The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern North Carolina's longest-running sports radio call-in show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio is brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, BMS Builders, and The Rick House. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show as we continue to get closer to the upcoming college football season. In fact, high school football kicks off this Friday night, August the 20th, all around Eastern North Carolina. We'll talk about that in the back half of our show today. We're talking college football and college athletics in general to start our show today. John Gilbert, the athletic director at East Carolina, will join us. Some big news over at East Carolina. So we'll kick off our show with John Gilbert, Ron Cook, the new head coach at Farmville Central High School will be on in the back half of our show and Todd Light, the head coach at Aiden Grifton and the Chargers. He'll join us after that as we continue on on this Monday. We get your sports week started. This is the Brian Bailey Show. John Gilbert bats first and he's up next after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back on this Monday. and We kick things off with the athletic director at East Carolina, John Gilbert, who is uh, very busy these days. He's got a little bit of a big announcement from Bill Clark Holmes that uh, just came out from head coach Mike Houston. John, thanks so much for the one you're trying to move in today, right? Good. That day trying to move uh, all that stuff in, and then like you blink, and then you're moving it all out again. There's no doubt. <laughs> Exciting times for everybody. All right, John, talk about the uh, the announcement from today that just came out with Bill Clark Holmes. Well, it, it's an exciting annou- announcement. The athletic department and the Pirate Club, in, in partnership with Bill Clark Holmes, we're, we're launching a Pirate he- Heroes initiative for the um, home opener against South Carolina on September 11th. And essentially, donation by Bill Clark Holmes will purchase the remaining upper deck tickets uh, for that game. And, and uh, ECU Athletics will be able to distribute those uh, to individuals um, that are frontline workers, first responders, military members, healthcare workers, emergency medical personnel, uh, police officers, firefighters, etc. And, and just you know, what an incredible gesture by Bill Clark Holmes. Uh, you know, it always starts at the top with Bill, uh, but you got Lance, Heath, Hunter, and just a great family and longtime supporters of ECU Athletics. Yeah, they've done so much. Uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium obviously comes to mind, and, and even even gone for, for all these years. Well, it, the, the Clark family has, um, you know, as most people know, been longtime supporters of ECU, and step up and, and contribute during difficult times. So I, I'm extremely grateful that they're in this uh, community of Eastern North Carolina, and, and I'm thankful that of both uh, ECU and the Pirate Club. John, when you think about this upcoming season, obviously we all thought that maybe we'd be getting uh, back to normal or at least close to back to normal. In some ways, maybe we are. In some ways, there's still some questions around the nation. But how concerned are you as we sit here in the middle of August? 
Well, I, I'd say, you know, everyone needs to be moderately concerned in that uh, obviously this Delta variant is, is still around and, and in our uh, area. But I think as long as we're mindful, uh, you know, of, of what we're doing and, and where we're doing it, uh, obviously, if uh, you're at ECU and in an indoor setting, you need to wear a mask uh, per the policy. So I think as we continue to do those things, we're going to get through it uh, in a few weeks' time. Um, I would say I'm concerned. I want to be mindful that, you know, we're being safe and, and keeping everyone healthy. But, but I'm also uh, not going to let, let it control us. Uh, you, you know, I do want to, you know, continue to do things as normal and, and get out and, you know, make sure that uh, people have a chance to enjoy uh, the teams that are competing this year. Can you update us on season tickets? Uh, how many have have been sold? Do you still have a goal to get uh, more sold before you know we kick this thing off? The home schedule September 11th, uh, the season on September the second in Charlotte. But but how are you looking on on season tickets? You know we're good. We're we're right around twelve thousand seven hundred season tickets sold uh, as of the latest report I received on Friday. You know, we're making progress, and hopefully we can get over the 13,000 number uh, this week. Uh, the, the season ticket sales always go in cycles. Uh, you know, when they go on sale, they have a Pirate Club deadline and then kind of a rush before the season starts. So I, I anticipate getting over that 13,000 mark, um, certainly trending in the right direction to do that. Uh, we, we've done a really good job of, uh, selling our premium inventory in Town Bank Tower. All suites and loge boxes are sold, and uh, we're moving the trade club seats, you know, at a brisk pace. Uh, so I feel confident about that area. Uh, we still have a good bit of inventory in Williams Clark Club. Uh, we are adding new furniture and TV into those areas, so I think it'll have a little bit of a different look and feel uh, to those individuals in William williams clark club that i think they'll be pleased with so m moving in the right direction and and obviously want to continue uh to do that uh as we get closer to kickoff now you say williams clark club where, where is that located and how you say there, there are some availabilities so somebody can still get in, into that area right that that is correct that that's on the north side of the stadium that's the uh premium uh, club section on the north side of the stadium and, and so still got you know a couple hundred uh tickets available in that area from a premium standpoint so um s still plenty of tickets to sell okay good so that's that's good news there what about the uh the charlotte trip how many pirate fans are we going to see in charlotte on september 2nd well, well i think we're going to have a good turnout uh, i've been really encouraged about what our uh ticket sales have gone for that game you know, if, if uh, fans will remember, that that technically is an Appalachian State home game that they moved to a neutral site. Uh, so uh, we we have blown through our ticket allotment um, and you know continue to sell some some tickets to that game. So anticipate a really good uh, turnout there. We've got a tailgate uh, in Charlotte that's scheduled. Uh, we're working. Uh, athletics is working with the alumni uh, office who's coordinating that 
Uh, it's going to be in the night stadium prior to the to the opener, uh, and I think it's going to be a fun event. And would love to to pregame with all the pirate fans that that come and in attendance there. It should be a big night. I mean, anytime we play in Charlotte, it's always been, you know, a big time. And, uh, you know, a Thursday night, it's, it's it's kind of interesting because, you know, when we play Thursday night games here, we haven't had one in a while, but but it's like the whole town shuts down early and gets ready for the for the atmosphere of the game. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like on uh, Thursday, September 2nd. Well, well, it's going to be one of the earlier games this year. I, I know there are a couple other games that night, but certainly – uh, that that game is going to draw interest in our region, uh, and, and so I am looking forward to that. Obviously, Appalachian State's a very good football team. Uh, you know, they return a lot of people, but but I also really feel good about uh, where we are under Coach Houston and, and where our program's heading. I went to the scrimmage this past weekend uh, and really was encouraged. You know, we. we uh, we passed the look test right now, American athletic uh, football team on the hoof. So I am really encouraged uh, about that. And I know it's a tough schedule to start the season, uh, but I really feel like our, our team is confident and doing the right things and working hard to have the success we all want. You know, John, I've, I've said this since day one that Mike Houston was hired, but in all my days at East Carolina and in, in every coaching search, you know, two or three names would pop up and then, you know, there might be a surprise candidate late, uh, you know, like Scotty Montgomery came out of the, and this was before you guys' times, but whenever Coach Houston, whenever that thing, you know, started to evolve – I mean, he was the only name that was really mentioned. I mean, there was there was no other candidate, really. I mean, rarely does that ever happen in a coaching search, does it? Well, I, I think, you know, the coaching searches, I've been through a bunch, you know, they are never the same. You right. So there's always a different dynamic to them. And I think the reason, you know, from the fans' perspective or, or the media that, you know, Coach Houston was the only name, was he, he's such a great fit for uh, ECU. You, you know, he's from North Carolina, coached high school football, uh, then had a, a successful tenure at Lenore Rhine. Uh, and, and so w- when you look at fit, which I do think is a, a big piece to hiring a coach, he, he really does check all the boxes for us and that he's so familiar with this state. He's familiar with the high school coaches and the recruiting base. And it's important, uh, you know, for ECU, we, we've got to recruit well in state. And so I think, uh, you know, his name was so prominent is because he was such a good fit. And I couldn't be more pleased with him right now. Like, um, this football team has developed and grown. Uh, we've gotten bigger. You know, uh, John Williams and our strength and conditioning department has, you know, really changed the physique of a lot of our players. And so um, I'm I'm really encouraged and and I feel like uh, this is the year the Pirates are going to turn the corner. 
And you know, that's what Mike Houston said from day one. He said, you know, you got to let us get in here. We got to, you know, we got a lot of work to do. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, year three, year four, you know, we'll have this thing right. And and really, everything he said basically has come to fruition so far. I mean, I think this team is is ready to roll, is ready to win, is confident, and can go out and on on that schedule. Even though the schedule is difficult, especially you know the non conference games early, and then the American is really difficult. But I think that they look at this thing and say, hey, there's not a game we can go out. We go out, we can't win. You know, we, we're not going to win them all, most likely. But there's not a schedule, not a team on the schedule that we can't go up and compete against. And I think that's all you're really looking for. Well, well, I think it's the first time in a while that when you run on the field, you, you do feel like we can be competitive, like we, we can compete. And, and to your point, uh, you, you know, the, the schedule's tough. Uh, you know, Appalachian State is a really good football team. You know, several years ago when I was at Tennessee and we opened with them, you know, we had to go to overtime to, to beat them. So, so they're a really good quality opponent. But, but I also look at our team and I see how we've developed and grown and gotten better and how hard everyone has worked. Like, we're, we're ready. We're ready to take that next step. And, and I do think Pirate fans are going to be encouraged by the way this team competes, uh, the mental toughness that they're going to have. And uh, I, I'm fired up to watch us play. And I'm fired up as well. John Gilbert, the director of athletics at East Carolina. Uh, before we let you go, let's talk about conference realignment a little bit. Uh, what do you know as far as the American goes? Mike Oresco has got to be the, the best man for the job for the American. But, you know, can he pull something off to where East Carolina's in a better position than they are now? All right. Before we talk alignment, I want to hit one more plug, though. Before All right. You got it. Go ahead. We've We've got Meet the Pirates on Saturday, so we're going to have a full team scrimmage and the uh, ever-popular equipment sale. So that's, that's right. a.m. on Saturday. A lot of equipment there. I think there may be some old uh, Brian Bailey photos. Or, or, uh, <laughs> For sale? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's going to be on the clearance right <laughs> I say. For sure. But, but you, you'll never know what they're fine. So I look forward to seeing all the people there. Conference realignment, I feel like uh, the American Athletic is in a really stable place. A a lot of it, if you look at the realignment this time compared to the last big realignment, the last big realignment, I I would tell you, was more about, um, you know, TV markets and how many people would be buying the cable channel in that area, that state, that region. This realignment is more about football and content. What kind of matchups and and what kind of dollars will be driven from that? So you look at Oklahoma and Texas, and now the TV partner for the SEC, uh, you know, network in 2025 or whenever they they join, you know, you're going to have a Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, Georgia type matchups, Texas, LSU during the regular season there is a tremendous amount of value with that right and so i don't think you'll see leagues just you know the big 12 they've lost two members uh they're not just going to go in and add two schools uh just to add them to say we're at 10 they they really need to look at what is going to provide them the best content and, and what revenue can be driven from that content. 
So everybody wants to throw schools out and talk about, you know, what schools make sense. But when you look at the Big 12, right now they get $40 million per school in their TV deal with Fox and ESPN. And so they're not just going to arbitrarily go add someone and think that they're still going to get that same amount of revenue. You really can't replace Texas and Oklahoma unless, say, maybe Notre Dame was joining the Big 12, and we all know that's not going to happen. Right. And so I, I think um, I think the biggest piece is it's going to be football and content. What type of content can that school help deliver uh, from a viewership standpoint? And I don't think it's going to happen quickly. Uh, I think it's going to take a little time. You know, the first move was Texas, Oklahoma. I think right now there are probably a lot of lawyers sitting at the table looking at contracts uh, and then trying to determine what the next move is. But I feel really good about our league. Uh, I think our commissioner has done a really good job of uh, beating the drum for the American Athletic. And we have a really good uh, conference when it when it comes to football. I mean, we're extremely competitive nationally. And so I feel like we're in really good shape right now. Yeah, I mean, it's all of us that are involved with the American and with schools in the AAC. I mean, we all see it. We all see how how good Cincinnati is, how good UCF has been through the years, and 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 we all here in Greenville want East Carolina to move up in the upper echelon and and be a part of that. And it's it's frustrating at times when it's like the rest of the country can't see it. But maybe with this realignment, you know, with with whatever's left from the Big Twelve, if they can hook up with the American call it the the big american and you know get them all together or whatever happens i mean there's there's word the pac-12 the acc the big 10 trying to to form some type of alliance uh i don't know how that's gonna you know play out but it's just it's it's really it's really you know every time we do conference realignment you always have to scratch your head at a couple of things don't you well you do and and i do think like in the in the intercollegiate world or, or uh, you, you know, football world, I do think our league has a tremendous amount of respect uh, w- with as many good teams as we've had. Um, so I, I think there is a high level of respect for the American, uh, and I do think uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch how this all plays out. John Gilbert, Director of Athletics at East Carolina, joining us as we uh, get you set for the football season. How excited are you to get this thing started September the 2nd? Man, I, I'm excited. Like, you know, last year was a difficult year for, for everyone. It was difficult for our, our players, our student-athletes, our, our coaches and staff. It just was, you know, it was abnormal for everyone. And, and it was abnormal for, you know, all those individuals at home that had to work remotely and it's just nice to kind of be back to normal and and doing some things more in a normal sense. And I I realize COVID is still with us. Uh, We're continuing to manage that. I I am really encouraged, you know, Coach Houston and our medical staff led by, uh, you know, Dr. Joe Arman have done a really good job of educating our, our student athletes uh, we are, you know, really high from a vaccination rate. So I do think that is going to be uh, a positive for the Pirates as we get into the season. 
Yeah, that was my next uh, my next thought was the vaccinations. And uh, last I heard from Coach Houston, I think he said like 122 out of 125 or something like that. He was working on the other ones. But, you know, that's a, that's a high number. And we've seen around the country that sometimes the vaccination doesn't totally, you know, work. But it it's it, it at least the science, I hate to even use that word, but it looks like that even, you know, if, if you do have to happen to get COVID, if you have the vaccine, it's not as bad as it would have been without it. So uh, hopefully, you know, I, I know it's a personal choice. Choice. I know it's very difficult for you guys to try to, you know, to rustle everybody in to, to get them all vaccinated. But hopefully, that all of that will be a positive as we move forward. Well, um, you, you know, I, I've been vaccinated, and the, the positive of that is, you know, per the testing protocols, like last year, you know, in season, we were all getting tested three times a week. Right. To just tell you, I, every time I get tested, I felt like I, I was concussed. <laughs> It is a good protocol in place where, you know, if you're vaccinated uh, in the American Athletic, you will not be tested on a regular basis unless, uh, you know, you have symptoms or you become a close contact and we'll, we'll test three to five days after that, that close contact. So it, it definitely helps. Uh, from that standpoint to to be vaccinated and i do realize it's an individual choice uh, but a large number of our team has has chosen to to go down that path uh which is you know will be, will be positive for the pirates Big weekend coming up for East Carolina. Meet the Pirates on Saturday. You got the big equipment sale, 9 a.m. What time will folks start lining up for that? Will it, will it be sometime after midnight they'll, they'll start lining up? I think it will be early. I, I am uh. told I haven't actually laid my eyes on it, but I'm told there is a a good deal of merchandise uh, that, that will be out for sale, and, and obviously uh, it will be priced to move. So I'm excited about Pirate fans getting in and then uh, – you know, taking advantage of that and, and getting a first look at, at our football team. I think you'll clearly see um, what we've developed a, as a football program. Should be a big time. Big scrimmage on Saturday, the last scrimmage of the preseason. And then, of course, East Carolina Pirate football will start concentrating just on Appalachian State September the 2nd in Charlotte on that Thursday night. That is the opening game. John Gilbert joining us, the director of athletics at East Carolina. John, thanks so much for your time. Get back to that uh, moving process. You've had a long enough rest. So get back and yeah. get those couches in there. We, we will do it. Go Pirates. All right, John. Thanks so much. John Gilbert, Director of Athletics at East Carolina. We'll take a commercial break. Coming up next, we'll talk high school football. Opening night is Friday night. We'll talk to the new head coach at Farmville Central, Ron Cook. Coming up next on this Monday on The Brian Bailey Show. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. Welcome back to our show on this Monday. Ron Cook now joins us, the new head football coach at Farmville Central. Opening night for high school football is set for this Friday night. The Jaguars will be at North Johnson for their opening game, and Coach Cook joins us. He's the former coach at Pamlico High School, and now he's calling Pitt County home. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you. Farmville Central 1-6 in the spring of 2021. Ron Cook takes over that program. Ron, what was the first couple of things you wanted to do with the Farmville Central program when you took over? Well, first and foremost, it's just to uh, 
make sure they understand expectations, the new expectations I have for them. And, uh, you know, we don't have a bunch of rules. I have really four core program principles that we talked about. And, uh, you know, those, those are, number one, doing the right thing. Uh, doesn't take much. A five-year-old knows the difference between right and wrong. I was make sure we're doing the right thing. And the uh, second one was uh, AOAD, which is our motto, our mantra for all out all day. And what that means is that anything we do, we put our mind to, and we do it with uh, 200% effort. And it's 100% physical and 100% mental. And that includes the classroom, the hallways, and the community. So uh, now I, was, I saw a quote one time in one of the books uh, I read from a Marine, and, uh, or excuse me, Navy SEAL, they say mediocrity is for cowards. And I always like to express that to them. Like, everybody's easy for everybody that be average and do just enough to get by. And we don't want to do that. Even in the classroom, if you're getting, you're in a class where you're good enough to get B's and A's and you're getting C's, that's just not acceptable. You know, and we hope that that transfers over to the field. And then our third, uh, you know, core principle is uh, embrace the grind. It takes what it takes to be a champion. You know, the practice, the practice, the way we practice, the way we lift, everything, it takes what it takes to be a champion. And you're here because you want to be, you want to be winners, you want to learn to be better and everything that you do. And then the last thing is to edify your brothers at all times. And uh, that's just basically lift each other up. Don't get down each other. Like, you guys are going to hear it enough from coaches when you don't do something right and when you mess up. You definitely don't need to hear it from each other. And that's just one of the main things. You know, those four main things basically covers you know, all the base and what we want to instill in them and as far as changing the culture and building up a championship program. You know, Farmville Central's long been a, a great program for, for basketball and in the past even for football with Dixon Sauls and, you know, all the time, you know, the, the Farmville Central Jaguars were really, really good. They've fallen on hard times on the football side. Basketball is flourishing with Larry Williford and he's your AD. I mean, what what attracted you to him? Well, first of all, as soon as uh, we talked <clears throat> talking to him, he was – uh, we got along, I think, pretty well. I think we had a pretty good connection. And then when I came here and actually got to meet him in person and, uh, and showed me around the facility, I just saw a lot of potential, a lot of potential here in our facilities and the players that are here. And and he showed great support from day one and continues that, you know, after I've been hired. So I, I think we both are on the same uh, wavelength as far as having a, a winning mindset and, a, and building winning cultures. And you were born and raised in New Jersey. What do you like about the South? Um, well, I don't have to worry about winning too much. <laughs> I had to go, grew up in it. I never, never really liked it other than, you know, I got to make a little extra money as a teenager shoveling snow and missing school. But, um, what other thing about the style was just, I think, uh, back playing on football. I know North, we play mostly on Saturdays. I, I enjoy the Friday night life. Um, you know, we got some good football in New Jersey, but it's also obviously good, uh, good football down here in uh, North Carolina and in the South altogether uh but then the other thing is just a little bit more laid back it can be a little bit more relaxed and and, uh in the different places in towns down south and here not be you know be close to the city like greenville something like that or raleigh you know still be in a small town where you can you know just be relaxed where did that come from the saying aoad all out all day i just something uh I've been saying for a while, me and my brother always, uh, I have a younger brother who played at UNC, actually. And uh, just something we always, you know, say to each other, just, uh, you know, always go back and forth lifting each other up and just uh, how we motivate ourselves. There have been some COVID issues around the area. I know some teams are having some problems. Have you guys been clear? Are you guys okay? 
Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, we've been blessed with that issue so far. Um, I know there's probably, you know, some mandates coming back down and everything, but so far we've been blessed with not having any major issues dealing with COVID. Talk about your league a little bit, the Eastern Plains. I mean, we've got realignment, and, and and we've talked so much about the three A's and the four A's with Conley and South Central and Havelock, and and it's a really strong league. But you got a really strong league too, don't you? Yes, we do. We got uh, you know, Washington has been picked uh, at the top of our league in preseason polls, and rightfully so. It's a very good team. Uh, then we have West Craven, Aiden Griffin. And uh, then Southwest Edgehill is up there also. And then, uh, you know, we have our rival in the Green Central and then North Pitt uh, here in the county. So uh, it, it's, I think it's going to be a very, very good, very challenging and competitive league. Uh, but one in the, you know, in the years to come before we have that 40th switch, I think that we can be at the top of. One good thing, you don't have Tarboro on that schedule, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because those Vikings were pretty good. In fact, uh, and when you were at Pamico, I mean, you guys had great years. But Tarboro was just in a class by themselves, weren't they? Yeah, they are. And that's just a, a contributor to uh, what Coach Craddock and coaches there, even before him, have done as far as building a system and a program from the bottom up. And that's just that's something you know we want to have. A, that's that's basically a template that I'm you know, using here. At Farmville, looking into our, our youth program and our middle school program, to make sure that we're all on the same page, and we're doing the same. They're doing the same things that we're doing here at the high school. Uh, everything from our, our warm up, uh, which I call PAPs, our pre activity prep, and to uh, our offense, defense, you know, and, and things, and how we and what's expected in the weight room. So. How, how will Farmville Central football look different this year? Oh, we look, uh, I think, a lot different. We're number one, we're not going to huddle on offense. We want to do everything. Uh, our, our team, uh, you know, my, one of our other team marches is fast, physical, and finish everything we do. So you're going to see us play a lot faster. We won't huddle. Uh, we'll play a little bit of tempo on offense. Um, same thing on defense. Not, not many teams huddle on defense anymore anyway, but, you know, we won't be doing huddling on defense or anything like that. Also, we just want to be able to pay, play fast and think, uh, have to think a lot less. So, uh, not going to be very complicated in what we're doing offensively, defensively, but again, we're going to do it with speed, you know, with purpose and with a sense of urgency. And just so on the special teams, we look a whole lot different. Just everywhere I go, special teams have been really big for me, uh, especially blocking kicks, uh, you know, getting after people there, being aggressive in all phases of it. Uh, so you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of different things on special teams to, you know, whenever we have the ball on special teams, I, I believe that there's no rule that says you have to give it back. So whenever we have, a, you know, we're on the special team, we have the ball. We're going to do what we can to score. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've always been a fan of special teams, and I've always, when I go to high school games, I'll be watching, and sometimes I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I'm playing, you ought to block that punt because you took way too long to get it off. And I think sometimes coaches don't spend enough time on special teams, do they? Uh, absolutely not, and that's just something that's been instilled to me. Um, Way back in the late 90s when I played at Virginia Tech and, and Coach Beamer, you know, one of the you know, few times that he actually talked to the team during practice, it was all, and it was really three times probably where he was most involved. It was before practice, after practice, and in between when we had special team periods when he really came down and coached and you could see the importance of and how seriously he really took it. And, you know, that's always stuck with me And when I started coaching. And that's just basically where, you know, my philosophy of special teams begin and, and teams of Boston. Um, yeah, so you had a you had a chance to live Beamer Ball in person. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, like I said, it was just great experience as far as seeing the details that he went over and how we prepare for games, uh, you know, in in the film room and in practice for our special teams and, and just attention to details and every aspect of special teams. Like nothing went un, un, uh, uncoached or overlooked at all as far as, you know, how to block punts, how you line up, you know, two block punts, uh, you know, kickoff return and as far as technique there, advantage technique there, drills and everything done below. So, I mean, I, like I said, take the same philosophy here. We, we practice special teams. I believe, you know, even at this point in the year that we're far ahead without playing a game, uh, I would guess further ahead than most teams that we would see in our schedule special teams because, you know, we have – you know, all of our special teams, uh, our kids understand our special teams right now as far as, you know, scheme and what we'll be doing and, and what's expected of us. So we basically have, you know, all of our special teams, or at least 90% of them installed at this point in time uh, before, you know, our game week started. How did you do with your scrimmages and uh, did you go to a jamboree or anything? Yeah, we went to two um, this past, first one this past Wednesday is at uh, Riverside High School. I uh, saw a couple teams there and then Friday night. Uh, we was at Edenton Holmes High School. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we may have lost a uh, player to an injury in our first scrimmage. Ah. Would have contributed for us this this year. Uh, yeah, so that was the worst thing that happened. Uh, but you know, we got to figure out some things in our first scrimmage. We didn't have uh, guys with different reason that all everybody that we have, especially in the whole line. Uh, we got those guys back on Friday. It made a little bit of difference. But the biggest thing for us right now is just. Uh, understanding how to practice and apply that to the game. Everything we do in practice is, is got to be simulate simulation of uh, game speed and close to game situations as possible. And just getting our guys to understand that and, and practice, like I say, with uh, that sense of urgency. And the biggest thing for us right now, especially up front on both sides of the ball, is just being sound fundamentally and taking care of our responsibilities, you know, offensively and defensively, and, and, and just getting after people there. Uh, you got North Johnson up first. What are you looking for in that game? Uh, again, I'm just looking for us to practice. I mean, again, play with speed. You know, be aggressive in all three phases of the game. And like I said, especially I think if we're going to have an advantage anywhere, it's got to be on special teams. <clears throat> so hope you're looking to make some big plays there in special teams. But definitely uh, the difference in the game is going to be how we handle them up front. You know, with our offensive line and our defensive line, uh, we got to be able to play fast offensively, um, play hard with our guys up front, be able to move their guys off the ball, and then defensively they run a wing, they run a wing feet. So we got to be disciplined up front, um, and with the linebackers obviously, and make sure that we get 11 guys to the ball in the gaps that they're supposed to be in. And that wing T is tough to coach against, isn't it? Oh, always is. Yeah, it is. And then it's, you just got to be very disciplined. We like to say we still in our kids. Just Making sure you're disciplined, especially uh, with your eyes. Got to have great eye discipline when playing teams like that. Um, similar to us, you know, we we're we're a pistol triple option team, you know, out of, out of uh, multiple formations. So we we do. I kind of understand. We do a bunch of stuff in the backfield that that uh, is, is eye addressing. Is that, you know, if you're not paying attention, you don't have good eye discipline. You know, you'll you'll get lost. So. It's the same thing with the uh, wing feet. You know, we got to have our inside linebackers make sure they just put their eyes on the keys and trust in what they see. Ron Cook, the head coach at Farmville Central, getting set to start his first year. Coach, thanks so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate it. Best of luck in this 2021 high school football season. 
Yes, sir. I appreciate you very much for having me, Brian, and uh, thank you. All right, Ron Cook, head coach at Farmville Central and the Jaguars. We're looking at a commercial break right now. Todd Life, head coach at Aiden Grifton, joins us up next. The first night of high school football set for this Friday night. We'll continue to get you ready after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, welcome back on this Monday. We continue to get you set for the first Friday night of high school football, the season debut of Touchdown Friday. Coming up on Friday night, Aiden Griffin's Chargers and their head coach, Todd Leip, joins us right now. Aiden Griffin had a little bit of a change for their opening game. Coach Leip, you guys are now headed to the beach for uh, game number one, right? Yeah, I wish I could stay, but I'm going to have to come back. <laughs> I got uh yeah, we were heading to James Keenan, but um seems they had a quarantine situation, so we picked up West Craven. You picked up West Carteret, right? Carteret. Yeah, West Carteret. Because West Craven was supposed to play West Carteret, and West Craven's had some issues as well. So it kind of worked out for you guys. Aiden Grifton at West Carteret to kick off the uh, brand-new football season. Uh, when you took over at Aiden Grifton, uh, you know, you took over a program, obviously Paul Cornwell for so long, but a great history at Aiden Grifton, and you're only the sixth head coach in the school's history. Yeah, um, when I came here, um, uh, Paul had, you know, he'd always done a great job, and um, I was kind of surprised when he left. That really wasn't my plan, but uh, I was happy to step in. I was asked to, and uh, I feel I feel like I've got a good uh, staff and a good group of kids right now. Four and three in the spring. How do you improve on that in 2021 this fall? Well, you know, we're going to have more games, so... <laughs> got a shot anyway. Um yeah, the, uh, we had 12 seniors last year. This year we only have seven. So um, it's going to be a little tough. Um, but we, we hope to jail as a team in, in, in the next couple weeks. And, and uh, I feel pretty good. We had a good scrimmage at Princeton. Uh, we played well in our first scrimmage. And then second one, we played a really tough Wallace Rose Hill team. And um, I think they're going to be really good this year. Talk about your league a little bit, the Eastern Plains, and as far as realignment goes, I think they they got it right with this league. This is a, a really good football league. Yeah, they added uh, North Pitt, uh, Farmville, and Southwest Edgecombe, and I think uh, Kinston, who who left the conference, but they're still on our non-conference schedule, and North and North, South and North. So I think it probably got a little better. It definitely got better in basketball. I'm not sure about baseball or the other sports, but I think it, it, it got a little better um, with, with football right now. Yeah, Washington's the pick to win the league. West Craven right up there, Southwest Edgecombe. You know, the function at the junction for Southwest Edgecombe every year with Tarboro and that big rivalry that they have. So you've got some teams in this league that, that have some really nice, you know, football histories. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not – I haven't seen Southwest in a while, um, but uh, – I know they had a good spring season, and, and they went to the playoffs pretty deep. And kind of know about Washington and West Craven since they've been in the league. They've been at the top. Um, like I said, uh, Kinston kind of they they kind of flow up and down a little bit. I think they had like 22 seniors, so so they might be uh, not quite as good as they've been in the past this year. So uh, our conference is, is pretty stacked right now. 
I saw Kinston the other night at Rose, and, and they they kind of look the part that they they may struggle early. I think what you're saying is true that they they've got you know some new players, new personnel. And they're playing a really good Rose football team. You were at Rose for so many years. What's the biggest difference between a four A, a 4A program and a two A program? Well, you know, you really can't do a whole lot if you don't have numbers. And, and we really put an emphasis on trying to get numbers. Um, I think we got like 41 right now. Uh, the problem is we don't have enough linemen. We've only got like uh, 11, 12 linemen in, in the program. And a lot of them, you know, they, they don't really come consistently, especially the freshmen. And it's hard to get taught what we need to get taught. So uh, we're going to start out not having a JV. We hope once school gets started, maybe we can get some more guys out and hopefully uh, maybe start a JV team uh, with the conference. But, uh, you know, that, that's kind of where we're at. That's that's really the difference. It's hard to coach kids that are not there. Yeah. Uh, it's just tough right now. And I, I think a lot of people are feeling the – it's not just COVID that we – the, the sport numbers were kind of trending down anyway, and, and COVID hit, and then uh, we really took a hit. Last year, we only had 26 in the program, uh, but we'll see. We're, we're trying to build it back up. You know, uh, wins take care of a lot of that. What's the number you're looking for, maybe at your level, 35 to 40? You know, if we could get, you know, 30 JV kids. And that's a combination of mostly freshmen and, and, and some sophomores and then another, you know, 35 uh, varsity kids yeah. can have practice and have a little depth. The problem is right now you, you can't really sh- – when, when you separate the teams, you can't show each other uh, what you need to show each other to prepare. You, you don't have enough linemen. You don't have enough kids. To, you know, if you don't have 22, then you can't really go team. You're right. So it's, it's a hindrance, and you really don't, you know – that's that's one of the issues that 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 I, I see is, uh, you know, at at Aiden Griffin trying to get that number up, and we are we, we we've reached out to the community, but not everybody sticks. You know, it's it's a tough sport. Um, it's hot, and uh, sometimes they got better things to do. Yeah, that, and that's the hard part. And I remember back in my day, we had guys, friends of mine, that, that they wanted to go work, they wanted to buy a car, they wanted to do other things. And you know, you got to want to play. This is one of those sports you got to want to play, and it's not going to be easy. Yeah, uh, it's weird. Uh, a lot of kids uh, since COVID have started working, and uh, it's hard for them to give that up for whatever reason right now. A lot of times they might get a car, or they might have to pay their insurance. Yeah, gas and all. You know, but kids are working more, which is good. Because a lot of a lot of adults are working less. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. The same thing, right on the same page. They, they didn't worry about it. You know, they wouldn't get unemployment anyway. Yeah. But they went to work to fill the spots, and we do appreciate some of that. Um, but at the same time. Uh, a lot of them making some difficult decisions right now to come back to school or to play sports, and uh, they, they've got their whole life to work. And that's what I'm trying to tell them. That's what my dad told me. Same thing. What's Carteret up first for Aiden Grifton? What do you know about the Patriots? Um, you know, we got one scrimmage on them. Uh, you know, I, we hope we, we match up fairly well. I, I like our skill. Uh, they, they may have a little bit more numbers than we have. You know, they're 3A school. I think their number may be down a little bit, like most people's. 
and I think they lost some skill with uh, graduation or transfer or something like that. But um, I like our chances. We we uh, we can't do it this week. You know, the season might be a little bit tougher. We we got to get that first win under our belt. Yeah, Aiden Griffin at West Carteret to open up the season. Did the season get here pretty quickly since you guys were just on the football field back in April? Uh, you know, I, I guess so. You know, um, I enjoyed my team is. Uh, got a lot of things done, but it was, it was time to get back. It's, it's kind of weird, though. I don't know if anybody else is dealing with this, but, you know, with the heat and the humidity – we're not able to get out on the on the practice field as much as uh, I've never remembered it being like this. Maybe we've always gone later, but uh, especially this week, we're you know we got we got work days, so we're starting right after the, the school day's over. And uh, heck, we might have to start in the gym today uh, until it cools off a little bit. But it's kind of crazy. I've never really noticed it like that, but. I'm sure everybody's dealing with some of that. Yeah, that, there's a formula. Coach Two was talking about it last week. They were having problems getting on the field. There's a formula that the trainers go through with the temperature and the heat, in, you know, the heat index and humidity. And if it gets to a certain point, you know, you can't have them on the field. And, and that's got to be a, a big disadvantage. Yeah, I always, you know, we always took helmets off. And, and, and took our shoulder pads off. But I didn't really recognize the fact that we were having to go inside as much. So. Yeah. Hopefully it cools off a little bit, or I don't know. I hope that it will. It's going to be hot on Friday night, though, I'm sure. The opening night in high school football. Coach Life, thanks so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. All right, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right, Todd Lott, the head football coach at Aiden Griffin. His Chargers take on the Patriots of West Carteret to kick off their high school football season. We'll take our final break, and we'll get you set for this coming Friday night and set for next week on the Brian Bailey Show right after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show. Now, back to Brian. All right, wrapping things up on this edition of The Brian Bailey Show. Meet the Pirates set for this Saturday. Also, the big equipment sale at East Carolina starts at 9 a.m. You better get there before that if you want a shot at some of the uh, good stuff. High school football kicks off this Friday night. Some of the games around the area. South Central plays host to Kinston. Conley's at home against Laney. JP2 is at home against Bishop McGinnis. J.H. Rose hits the road to take on Wilson Hunt. Some of the games to look for. Coming up next week here... On the Brian Bailey Show, head coach Mike Houston joins us as we get you set for the college football season. Have yourself a great sports week, and we'll see you back here next Monday on the Brian Bailey Show. This has been the Brian Bailey Show, brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostick Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, The Gavigan Agency, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, PMS Builders, and The Rick House. Join us next time for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.